here. The boys are back and we're doing another episode of Loud About Nothing. Okay, 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 okay. It's me. It's your boy. It's the hottest dude in that podcast game, that thotty boo body. Okay, Seppi Chianti himself, Sebastian Canelli. Okay, 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 okay. He's here every week and he is looking cute to boots. Okay, he may not be blood, but he is my nephew. Give it up for Robbie boy. Robbie, say what's up. What's up, Sebastian? Robbie. We only bring on fucking moguls, bro. We only get <laughs> moguls, moguls only. for the show. We only get the hottest people. And today, of course, we got that. A mogul. This, this is a fucking Emmy. And the dude's sitting, he's, he's got Emmys just sitting, sitting around, hanging out. I mean, that's, uh, like, I don't know. I once won a spelling bee. My parents threw, uh, no, I didn't win a spelling bee. I, I, I did a karate competition, let's be honest. <laughs> I didn't want to spell. I didn't even win a spelling bee. Did this you win got- the karate competition? No, but I broke the board in two tries. So they <laughs> gave me a <laughs> But this dude, he actually has won something. He he wrote, he writes for SNL. It's six seasons writing for SNL. Give it up, Will Steven. Well, oh wow, up, bro. Oh, what's up, bro? How's it going, bro? I'm good, bro. <laughs> How are you, bro? Uh, we're already coming out with the. We're already coming out with the bros. Will- coming in hot. Let's go. <laughs> well. Well, this is my this is this is what we all want to know. Mm. You went to Yale, right? I sure did. <laughs> right? We this is we, That's what we all want to know. <laughs> this, this is what we all want to know. Yeah, we, go ahead. We, we all want to know a fact that we could just google, right? He went to Yeah, Yale, sure, right? sure, sure. Sure. How active I went to Yale too, and by the way. Uh <laughs> Yeah. A how, long time ago. He's just You were in the Whiffin Poofs. You were in the Whiffin Poofs, the a cappella group, right? The, of course, please I was the I was the ultimate tenor. I was second tenor. I, I was. Is that uh, what they call it? The ultimate tenor. <laughs> it's the ultimate tenor. The ultimate okay, Spider-Man I didn't, I didn't know that. Tenor. The ultimate tenor is the one that that the, 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 the one with all the vibrato, the one that's out there leading all. The all guys. the vibrato, absolutely. This <laughs> <laughs> ultimate, just tenoring out there. Yeah, and, and then there's the power base. You know what I mean? There's the ultimate. I didn't tenor, know that. And then the power base. So, Got it. but whatever. These were the hoof and poofs. Uh, these that's are- that's right. The hoof and poofs. Go ahead. Um. So you were at you were at Yale, right? Mm-hmm. How active were you in Skull and Bones? Extremely. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> I was, I was not. But I'll tell you that I do know people who were, and it's Shut um. Up. It's a hell of a lot more boring than you want it to be. Okay, please, um, please. I feel like that's me. what they want you to think. Yeah, that probably is what they want you to think, but it really is. There's no drinking. There's no what? drinking allowed. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a debate club kind of, is my understanding. I don't fully know, but that's my understanding, and that they like literally have like philosophical debates and stuff. Wow, and so they basically sit around. It's it's all about like just like. Uh, building your mind up to like a collective of like great minds. Basically. I guess so. They have the whole like, you know, society thing at Yale, which is very like elitist and everything. But it's, it's, I guess the theory is that you're supposed to meet different people from different social groups that you wouldn't know. And that like that builds a strong connection or something. You know what I mean? Like through life. That's the idea in theory. How do uh, they think Skull and Bones is diverse and bringing all different types of? Can I tell you something? Can I tell you something though? It's gotten diverse. It has gotten diverse though. Wow. It has. It actually has. 
Well, that's good. That that makes me feel okay, I guess. And and because I there has been like there there was a sort of generational conflict I know within it because it was all male for decades. Yes. For for what how I don't know fucking know how long. But and finally they allowed women in, and then I think finally it's becoming more and more diverse. And by the time I was there, if if my memory's correct, I think it was quite diverse. Interesting, because what I you want to know what I heard about Skull and Bones? I do. I do. I heard that you would have to. So the uh, the bushes were in Skull and Bones, correct? Correct. And I heard that you have to lie in a coffin, a glass coffin, and everyone masturbates on you. So that means that George Bush Sr. jerked off on George W. Bush. You took about six leaps of logic that were really interesting. <laughs> glass is new. I've never heard glass before. Oh, glass okay. coffin is new. I've never heard that. I had heard you masturbate in a coffin, not everyone masturbates onto you. That's a very different experience, I would imagine. <laughs> yes. Right? It's almost the opposite. You know? Now, I, I, I'm willing to bet, I don't know anything for sure, but I'm willing to bet that has not happened in a very long time. If it if it does did happen, I don't know. I can't imagine that standing nowadays, personally. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, no, that's a, that's a good one for sure. So that's Glass funny. coffin. That's not real. Maybe, man. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not there. I don't fucking know. I sir, I don't think so. No, I don't think that's real. Okay, beautiful. So this was the most important question I had for you uh, to come on the pod. This is great. I love it. Why I wanted you to come on the pod to, great. Get, to debunk this. Interesting. Wow. Um. Okay. Okay. This is fantastic. I do have a friend. I will tell you. I I do have a friend who got in trouble while he was there for breaking into Skull and Bones. Okay, and what was he doing? To what, he, what he, he just to like prank, like he like uh, like late night drunkenly like hopped the fence and like somehow got in a back door and like maybe stole some shit. I don't remember. But, and what did, um, did they punish him? Did yeah, they, he got in trouble. He got in a lot of trouble. Damn. <laughs> Were you a part of any of those societies or? Just I was, I was, but it was a, it was just a small fun one. It wasn't like one of the fancy ones. There, there, there's like a hundred of them. Oh, okay, so, okay. Yeah. It was it was a comedy based one, probably. It was a comedy. It was not a comedy based one, <laughs> but I was in a comedy group though. I was in a comedy group. What was the group called? Just Add Water. You may have heard of it. Uh, musical Improv. <gasps> Undergrad, yes. Wow, Just Add Water. What is this supposed to be like a, a dry milk joke? Uh, yeah, probably something like, I think the idea is, you know, listen, we have everything we need. We just need water. Right. And the water could be a suggestion from the audience of a location, oh. you know, for example. So, oh my God. Oh my, just said water is so funny because it is like, like we are improv. We, mm -hmm. we have, we have the props. We have the characters. Absolutely. We have everything we need. Uh, but we did have a Actually, I will say quite fun gimmick of wearing like Dickies jumpsuits, like plumbers jumpsuits, like uh -huh. full body in in like different colors and stuff. And that was kind of cool. Wow. Yeah. Did you guys book I, on campus? Did we what? Did you guys book? Like, were you guys like a hot ticket on campus? Listen, I don't want to brag, but <laughs> yeah, kind of. I will say that like. I mean, Sebastian, you know what it's like to perform like at UCB when yeah. it's the best, when it's all packed and everything, uh -huh. like how you're kind of chasing that high and everything else you do in comedy, like of that. And I, I feel similarly about some of those college improv shows of like, 
packed, 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 small room, like totally messy against fire code, like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. makeshift light set up and everyone's drunk and rowdy. And it was just so fun. Oh, that's actually awesome. I, I never yeah. did. Um, yeah, that is fun. Yeah, I, I didn't do my college improv team. I did. I just because I, um, I just went down to UCB and my friends in college weren't about that life. They would have. Right. They weren't. <laughs> right. I'm so no right. offense, but we wouldn't have gone to the musical improv show. <laughs> no. uh, I, I respect that 100%. Yale is a dorky place, if you don't know, you know, so there's a lot of dorks there. I heard. Um, yeah. Was it like I long did- form musical improv? We would do like a we would do like an hour, hour and a half long show, probably about an hour. Um, different like short form games. Some would be um, you know just basic short form whose line is it anyway style improv, and some would be musical improv. We had a pianist. We had a guy who could play piano who was incredible. And you know you'd get like you know you'd play the kind of game where like you'd be doing a two person scene, and then someone from the audience would yell out and then you'd have to sing a song about whatever you were just speaking about and like that kind of thing. Uh, And then at the end of the show, we would end it with like a 15 minute quote unquote musical of like, I don't even know what you would, not not like a Herald, sort of like a Herald, I guess, but different scenes telling a story with songs. Interesting. I didn't know that you did musical at all. So, cause SNL, you're the music, you're like the rap guy. Well, it's funny that, like has happened totally by accident. And it's, I didn't think of myself doing musical stuff at all either, but that I just kind of fell into doing that at the show. And when I look back, I'm like, oh, right. I was doing that in college. I was doing all that kind of stuff, but I didn't, I, I didn't think about it really. Of course, you just said, I'm chasing the glory days of when I used to do makeup <laughs> music comedy. And then you go, yeah, exactly. Oh, oh yeah. Friend. Oh God. Right. I don't know. <laughs> well, I, cause I had no idea. You never talked about that when I knew you because mm-hmm. you were just like I, you were very focused on like your writing and stuff at the time that I knew you it felt like yeah 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 wow okay who's the coolest musical guest you've met uh, I just gotta know I, I gotta know I mean listen you've met Drake you met DJ Khaled I, I, I like these are all you met probably Chance the Rapper you met mm-hmm. like who, who, who we're my DJ Khaled flip-flops right now Yes! I have a DJ Khaled. I, my friend, <laughs> my friend gave me a DJ Khaled phone charger somewhere. Um, uh, and I have the book, all the major keys book, the DJ Khaled book. Wow. I haven't gotten to it yet. It's on my list. It's a dense um, read. It's a dense, it's a dense read. read. I so, hear you learn major keys. There are major keys that you learn. So it's good. Um, so who have you met? Cause I know I went to visit you at SNL once and yes. it was so, so fucking cool to stand on the floor and watch uh, the musical guest. What show was that again? You'll have to um, remind me. Shaw Mendez. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Of course. You don't remember this at all. I, 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 no, I remember you being there. I'm trying of to remember course. what, what but, show it was, though. What, do you remember what host it was? You know what? Uh, no. <laughs> that's yeah, that's bad. okay. That's okay. Um, my bad. Uh, I just, because I was taken back by how cool it was to see. I don't even like Shawn Mendes. I was like, imagine if I liked the musical guests and being yeah. that close to them. It was truly remarkable. That I will say, I was a music geek, like growing up. I, I that was what I, I played guitar. I was like I, a big music fan, like arcade fire fan, that kind of, th- you know, indie uh-huh. hipster nerd kind of thing. Um, 
long, but of long hair. How many? Could I, I see one I, eye or two eyes on you? You know, one. By by <laughs> at certain points in high school, it was definitely <laughs> sort of this. I'm 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 returning to that look a little bit. I'm growing it out a little bit. But um, of course, you don't gotta tell me. You're literally your Zoom name is My Chemical Romance. You know. <laughs> Oh, the glory I days. I wish. <laughs> um, so oh. you, you okay. Know. Yeah. Anyway, what was I? What was I saying? You were you were saying something? You were talking about uh, the musical guests. How excited! Uh, oh yeah, that's that's like my favorite part of the job in many ways. I mean, like because it's so sort of different from what I do. Like I'm focused on the comedy. You know, I'm I'm so focused on whatever I've written that week that when it's a guest that you really like, that is yeah. just so fun when you can see them actually up close and yeah i mean it's every season there's a handful where i'm like wow this is wild i i think donald glover was one of those for me childish gambino interesting i wouldn't have i wouldn't have thought that but uh, i guess like he's the ultimate venn diagram like he dude he was so i i just i had the best week with him i i i wrote a sketch that i was really happy with and he worked really he was there on writing night like he stayed late and like actually sorry my phone my computer's doing shit um he was there on writing night and he stayed late he was there until like four in the morning or something like writing scripts and 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 giving notes on stuff like i i uh yeah like i worked on the script and i took it to him and gave him and he gave me notes like a few times over and it was amazing i mean it was it was the rare kind of host i mean you get incredibly talented funny people coming through all the time but he has such a specific skill set yes. having come from 30 rock and doing sketch Derek comedy ucb mm -hmm. all that stuff i mean he really felt like oh you would just you could just walk right in and like do this job in a heartbeat like you could like yeah, be yeah. the head writer here you know what i mean like you uh -huh. just understand sketch comedy you just like get the mechanics of it you get how it all works and he also wrote redbone and he wrote Redbone, and that was the week, and that was the week that he premiered the This Is America video. No, oh, yeah, was oh yeah, he I remember that he like released it right as he was on SNL or something like that, right? Yep, yep. Wow, that was a phenomenon when that came. That out. was a phenomenon. That felt like a. I will say that felt like a moment. Like that was a crazy. I just the the power of that video. Like when you saw it for the first time. Yeah. It was wild. You know what? I will say this. I think Kendrick Lamar came out with videos that were just as powerful before him, but it did not get the press that fucking uh, that video got. You are not wrong. You are I not wrong. I just think it's because mo more people know uh, him from like uh, community and shit like that. So it reached a wider audience. But uh, we're going to be all right. All right, whatever the title of the song is, that video is, is in some ways more powerful to me than uh, This Is America. For sure. I, 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 can, I can get that. He, I will say Kendrick's performance at SNL before my time there uh -huh. of I, of his song I, I yeah, think yeah. is one of the best performances I've ever seen on TV, I, on the show. I have to rewatch that. I have oh, to, it's incredible. Were you there when Kanye and Lil Pump? <laughs> yes, I was. <laughs> oh, you were. <laughs> I got a real childlike glee from Sebastian there. <laughs> I mean, yeah, man. That's, that's awesome. iconic. That's iconic. What I need to Dude. know what was happening. Dude, was I had a crazy week that week. Okay. I, it, it, <laughs> I, I will say I was supposed to work with Kanye that week. He, I, they assigned. <laughs> He was maybe going to do a video and maybe going to do a video with us. And then it became apparent that 
that was not going to be feasible. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's always good. That's always good. Did he pitch I, the suits? Yeah, what happened? Uh, Who pitched the suits? Yeah. I remember hearing some story about it. I don't remember. I think they were his idea. I, I kind of feel like, <laughs> I kind of feel like it was a, I, I, I could be completely inventing this, but my memory is hearing that it was someone's kind of joke pitch that he took seriously or, or something like that. Or, or that, not that he took seriously in a bad way, but that he was like, no, I actually want to do that. Like, yeah, yeah, let's yeah, do, yeah. let's do that. Um, Cause when that, when that came out, I was laughing so fucking hard when I Dude. saw that and they couldn't even walk. How long did it take them to get from the, from the sides onto the stage? Oh, I remember seeing it backstage. It was bizarre, just bizarre to see. And, and, and also there was this incredible, I mean, so much hype too, because like Kanye, I worship Kanye, like absolutely adore him, like obsessed with him. I've seen him live so many times, like, and so much hype. Like, I'm like, oh my God, this is, you know, the, sure. the best. And then he's wearing the MAGA hat and he's doing all, and it's just like Ugh. such a letdown in that. Cause he, you know, he had that weird like conflict with people at the show. Like yeah. it was just bizarre. bizarre. Um, was he wearing the MAGA hat just like hanging out backstage? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Christ. <laughs> and no one would say anything to him. Everyone was just like- Oh no, and then he and then he was like, they're bullying me. They're bullying me backstage. I don't know what the hell that was in reference to. <laughs> Did, did my I, guess is my guess is somebody someone may have been like are you sure you want to wear a maga hat you know like someone may have said something i have no idea i don't know but i certainly can't imagine anyone bullying him about it let's put it that way but, i can't imagine kanye going anywhere and being like i'm not the alpha they're all yeah, the alphas and i'm yeah, the baby yeah. exactly and he he you know he did that performance at the credits Okay. Uh, of that episode, he performed Ghost Town with Kid Cudi and everything. Which uh, right, one right. Of my, I listened to this morning to wake Incredible. up a little bit. One of my favorite songs of all time. Incredible. And it's a beautiful, beautiful performance. But then it, it kind of like, you know, the music kind of slows down. Uh-huh. And and he's like, hmm. He does that thing where you're like, oh, no. Uh-oh. Here we go. Kanye's humming. <laughs> like, this is going. He's ramping up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then, and then he just starts talking. And, and if you remember, the entire cast is behind him. Okay. And so Power. they're all on stage, like clapping for this moment as if it's supposed to be this sort of like, we're all in it together moment. Uh-huh. And then Kanye is up there being like, they bullied me backstage. <laughs> and we, meanwhile, the writers were in the writers are just laughing our asses off. My friend, Steven Castillo uh-huh. laughed harder than I think I've ever seen him <laughs> laugh at Kanye. Just looking at like Mikey Day. And, and Colin Jost and like our friends that just standing there kind of like kind of smiling, kind of like keeping a wooden smile there. And she's like, oh, like just singing for like, by the way, it went on for a long time. Like the, the credits cut out, the credits cut out like 30 seconds in, a minute in. It went on for like 10 minutes. So. Wow. Oh my God. I mean, he knows how to milk I mean, he truly of. is very funny. Yeah. It really, he truly is funny. Yes, he truly. Whenever is I funny. listen to his music, I'm like, I forget how funny he is. Oh my god, he's being. so funny. Would you he's have to so call Mr. West? I don't uh, know. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have to call him anything. Oh, you're right. Hey, I guess you didn't have to talk. To him. I didn't. I, I didn't. I, I shook his hand and then sat there and listened to him speak. That was what happened. That was pretty much the extent of our interaction. <laughs> 
you want you originally so we asked a person to pitch topics and you said Don Jr. And I said, I can't do that because I don't know enough about him. Yeah. But I want you to tell me before we get to your loud topic, what makes you love Don Jr.? Not love, but fascinated by him so much. Um, that is a great question. You know, wow, I feel like I'm in therapy right now. I am fascinated by him so much. What, what is it about him that I identify with so much? Um, I don't know. I think that he, he is, there's nothing subtle about him. He's very, um, he's, a, he's a gaping ego. Is that the right word I'm looking for? He's, he's, let, I mean, let me see. I'm not, I'm no Mr. Webster's over here. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's just, he's so, it's so clear with him what, he wants what he wants his father's approval. It's, it's like all over him and dripping out of every pore of everything he does. It's like he, everything is in relationship to his father. It's just amazing. It's like, it's, it's just, I don't know. Maybe it's the English major in me. Who's like, wow, this is a fascinating father son dynamic here. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I, I, uh, I don't think, um, I, I know ki kids that like are obsessed with their father, but usually it comes out in like an angry way. You know what I mean? Like, like it's usually. Well, like the thing with him, the thing with him is, I think it was an angry thing yeah, originally. It doesn't serve him anymore for it to be angry. Right, but I but I think the anger is still there under the surface. I think. Uh -huh. I think it is, and I've I I've talked with someone who, who had a theory that, one day one of the kids will turn on him. That one day one of the kids will like write a book or you know it might it might be decades from now but yes someone will write a book being like he's the worst person he's the worst dad he, you know he's terrible whatever well if they're um, truly a trump that would be the the logical conclusion would be after he dies you just try to make a berserk amount of money on a book exactly and you would That's if you're trump eric or if you're eric or don jr <laughs> or ivanka i guess but i think Ivanka's the least likely to do that i think it would be don or eric write a book being like yeah. Oh my God. It would sell. It would sell if like your crazy, father has it? taught you anything. It's you better write a book. And make exactly. Money <laughs> exactly. Art of the deal, baby. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Did you, have you read that? Of course I have. No, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, people, I mean, you say that you were an English major, you know, I don't know. Oh, oh excuse me. Oh, excuse <laughs> I me. I don't know what's in the curriculum. Yeah. Know. Sorry. That was a little, yeah, no, sorry. Uh, my mom, my mom did download it on her Kindle and she did tell me that she, she read it. And uh, I was a little disappointed that that happened, but she did download it. And now is she, when you're like, oh, no, 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 no. She's, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she, she's sipping the cool. She was in the Capitol. No. She, yeah. Was, yeah. she she was uh the, the QAnon shaman, right? If I exactly. remember correctly, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, interesting. Um uh, yeah, no, I never um I don't read books, so I, I avoided that one. You know what I mean? <laughs> I avoid I avoided all books in worry that I accidentally would pick up uh, the art of the deal and start reading it. Fair enough. Know? That's probably smart in <laughs> retrospect, yeah. Sometimes you need to avoid a whole medium just so that you don't mess up, you know? And that's what I do with <laughs> literature. I, I thought ahead, okay. So we always ask a guest to come on and get loud about something. And you want to get loud about cats. I love well, this. Well, yeah. So I, I actually have a lot of feelings about cats. Um, okay. uh, I have a cat. I'm going to open with that. I have a cat. His name is Hugo. and Or Huey, you might call him. But he's, Huey. yeah, he's great. He might be in the room. I don't know if he is. Um, yeah, I got, he's about to turn two and he's, uh, he's been, I, I was not a cat person before I got him particularly. 
Um, but he's been fantastic. But I did have a cat growing up uh, who hated me and who um, attacked me all the time. So, yeah. Same, bro. Really? Same. I was just, I literally was thinking, I was like, oh, we'll talk about cats. And like my, my memory of cats are only bad. I only have negative memories of cats. So yeah, for sure. This, right? Um, I used to have, when I was a kid, I used to be, I used to make, oh, I'm going to sound bad for a second. Okay, well, I'm going to sound bad. I used to make, Uh-oh. Like, <laughs> I have an image to hold up, but you know what? I'll let the, I'll let the audience in for one moment. Okay, let's I hear to, it. I used to put the cat on my lap, and I used to make the cat do the YMCA with his hands. I used to move the cat's hands. But I was also Sebastian. a little boy. Sebastian, I'm a little man and I do that, okay? With my cat. Is that that bad? It's not that bad, okay? That is very low on, I had my cat, I I made a video for someone the other day of my cat uh, dancing to a Cardi B song, okay? So we're- Oh my God, shaking, 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 you you go with shaking his ass? (laughs) You you go with up dance? Yeah, of course. I don't know where he went. If he's here, I'll, we, he can do the up dance. He likes it. He likes being held. He purrs all the time. Oh, so I didn't. I don't think my cat liked it. And so then I would go to sleep at night, and I would have these dreams that the cat would walk in my room, and he would tit tat tit tat like sulk in my room. Ooh, kind of seductive. <laughs> but scared, like 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 evil seductive, you know? Sure, sure, sure. I walk in the room and then go, Sebastian, fuck you. <laughs> and, go, and go, no one's going to believe that I could talk and fuck you. So the cat would basically tell, gaslight me and then say, and curse me out. And I would, your have cat was a gaslighter. That's classic gaslighting, abusing behavior. It, Absolutely. And in that, I, and I would have these dreams that these cats just hated me and just wanted me to fucking, and just wanted to make me uh, feel bad. You were probably right. You probably sensed that correctly. Um, <laughs> because I would make them do the YMCA. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. That's probably what happens. My cat, my, 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 I had to go away on a school wilderness trip when I was in like eighth grade. We had to go on like a retreat thing. And when I came back, my parents had gotten a cat. My family had gotten, had picked up a cat, I think literally that day. Um, uh-huh. And her name was Daisy and she was a rescue and she was very cute, really did not like me. I was the one that Ooh. she did not like. And I think it was because her litter box was in the bathroom that was right next to my bedroom. Okay. So yeah, that probably wasn't a great idea in retrospect, but I think as a result, she, feel, she felt very territorial. So for example, if I got up in the middle of the night to go pee, uh-huh. Uh-huh. I might get charged at hundred miles an hour Oh, wow. wow. Claws out every so often, every once in a while, every once in a while. This is aggressive. Were you living in a constant state of anxiety in your own home? You know, it would, it would come and go. It would come and go. (laughs) I, but I did, uh, I did, I was playing guitar at the time and I had my guitar case next to the door so that if I, if the cat was there and particularly crazy, I could hold the guitar case (laughs) and hold it out. So that I could go into the bathroom and just hold it, keep it at arm's distance. Yeah. Wow. So this this was a serious problem. It was a bit, it was had, a bit of a problem. You developed a defense mechanism for this abusive cat. Yes, I did. But you know, I've come to terms with it. I I did. I cat sat 
for a friend's cat about a year and a half ago. And it was so fun. Also, my sister was dating a guy at the time who had a cat and that cat was very sweet. And so I was like, you know what? Maybe they're not so bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I went through a breakup and I was Uh like, I'm going to get a cat. That's what I'm going to do. So I got one and fell in love. It It was fantastic. And I got him like five months before the pandemic. So it was good timing because he was, got, yeah, it was good. It was good to have a pal during was, that time. You know, yeah, you, you need some yeah. cuddles. Does, oh, some needed some kitty cuddles for sure. The, does the cat cuddle? The cat does cuddle. Yeah. Oh, phenomenal. The phenomenal. cat cuddles. I got yeah. a, I got a cat's after I went through a breakup, but it wasn't good. It really? wasn't good. The, uh, the cat, the cat, we rescued the cat outside and the cat weighed about, I think, 35 pounds. Um, the cat was humongous and it had feline AIDS and it constantly, uh, would just scream and then, uh, rip its own skin off. Winner. And we, didn't yeah. it give you, didn't it give you diseases? We, I had to get rid of the cat because it kept giving me, uh, cause it had feline AIDS. It constantly had infections. Mm. So, uh, the cat gave me ringworm twice during quarantine. And because I was sounds like a dream relationship. <laughs> I was in a confined space with the cat. So, and it kept getting sick, and and then I kept getting rashes all over my body. So oh I my had God. to get rid of the cat. And we called him Monster, and he had a non-ironically he had a limp and would scream. And but then he was he would also come and he'd, he'd purr so loud. The love was good, and the, See, and the hard times were good, were hard. You know, that's it. It's good when it's good, and it's bad when it's bad. <laughs> Yeah, you know. So I, I have a question. Yeah, um, is this like fucked up? I'm very allergic to cats. Mm. Like, very, like if I like the last time I went to an Airbnb, I was like, oh, I saw like cat pictures, and I was like, oh, they must have cats. And then I was like sick in the Airbnb. Like I, oh wow, wasn't even present. But I would be, I would probably just wouldn't date somebody if they had a cat. And like, you what? know what? I'll, I'll tell you. I think I think that's a fate that I have succumbed to in the past. <laughs> really? I think <laughs> I may have so been allergic. on the receiving end of that. Yeah. Uh, you might say allergic. You might say put <laughs> off or creeped out. That uh. also could be part of it. <laughs> Genuine, just sort of turned off, just puzzled as to why a man, a thirty-one-year-old man, would have a cat. But uh, listen. I, I'm I'm willing to you know that is a reality of being a cat owner. Some people are going to be allergic. Some people are not going to like them, and it is what it is. You know. Wow. So you're just cool. You. That, I mean, you're so you're love such me a, for me. That's what it was. Yes. <laughs> you have so much going on that you go. If you can't deal with the fucking cat, fuck off. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's a nice way of putting it. It's also like I just have a fucking cat. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I, mean? I also, but I, I don't want to. I don't want it to be like it's not. It's literally that a physical restriction that I don't want to go through. No, I, I and that 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 actually would be a that would be kind of a problem if if I if I met someone who I really liked and was like they were fully allergic. I don't know what I would do, but. uh I mean, you get rid of the cat. No, I mean, like. Yeah, no, you don't, Sebastian. No, no you don't. No. They make. Okay. Love... That's why he got the cat in the first place. Bro, they make love movies about people who have diseases and th- their illnesses touching each other, and they'll still go touch each other. You know what I mean? That's your evidence. They make love movies. <laughs> yes. You don't think? Well, yeah, that's my evidence. That's my yeah. facts. That's my argument. I could be okay. in the skull and bones. This is how good a debate. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, this would be excuse me. Excuse me. They make love movies. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they do. They make movies about love. And you don't think that love is real? Like someone wouldn't get rid of a cat for a, a human? 
<laughs> you don't think there's the, the love could be between a human and a cat? No, exactly. Thank you. No, that's some sickos. That's some. You're a hater, Bash. Sebastian is a hater. Just you'll have a good cat one of these days. You'll you'll the one that'll turn it all around for you. My, I, you, you two are living in a PG world, and I'm living in a PG thirteen world. Okay, where, where what? Uh, PG worlds are movies about like, oh, I got a cat, and now I found I myself through the cat. If the per- why PG thirteen? Like- because I'm not doing stuff under the pants. Okay. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> um, no, but I think that. Uh, I think for me, I guess you're right. I've never had a good experience with the cat. The first cat I had, my mom killed by accident. Oh, what happened? She was driving down. I was at. I was doing a piano lesson. Um, and, and she was driving down uh, my streets, and the cat was an outdoor cat, Zach, all black. And the cat ran under the car, and she ran over the cats. Oh, it's terrible. So it's a big joke in my family that my mom likes to kill cats. It's uh, <laughs> it's a huge joke in my house that my mom is a cat Yeah, it sounds like a good joke. Uh, yeah. <laughs> My parents are so good at jokes. My, they're so good at jokes. Uh, that I'll tell you that from, I don't know. I think I'm kind of funny, but I don't know where. No. I, <laughs> I don't know where. I, my parents are so bad at jokes. Are your parents good at jokes? My, uh, my dad is good at jokes. My dad is a, is a, is a prankster. Um, what type of pranks? Like pulling on you when you were a kid? Um, yeah, uh, I'm trying to think of any good ones that come to mind. He, um, <sighs> hmm. I could, uh, I'll tell, I'll tell you like a joke my mom's would say. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead, right? go ahead. My mom, uh, as you think of a prank, like the best joke my mom ever told my whole childhood. We were watching Scary Movie. I must have been like 10, 9, right? So I was young too young to be watching scary movie but my parents didn't care they wanted to watch the movie themselves so they said our kids will watch it as well right they're good like that so there's a scene in scary movie where there's a fake penis and it goes through a guy's head <laughs> right <laughs> classic okay scene. i'm listening I, uh, this is a classic uh film uh if you studied film i'm sure you know this scene uh and so the the big dick goes w- through one ear and out the other right makes logical mm. sense sure and my and the guy goes ah it's like marlon wayne and he screams like he's in pain and my mom I'm laughing like, already. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm laughing already. Right? I'm <laughs> laughing already. I can't stop laughing right now. <laughs> oh my goodness. The joy coming out of me right now is immense. Uh, <laughs> so the, the penis goes through the head and my mom turns to all of us and she goes, well, that's what I'll call a real dickhead. Oh boy. <laughs> that's her best joke. Everything was, else was downhill from there. That was the peak of, of humor in my house. And that, that was also, you have to, the funniest part about it is if you were an outside viewer looking at a, a mother tell their nine-year-old son a dickhead joke. <laughs> the funniest part about it is how inappropriate she was to us. Can I tell you one story that is, this is not my, this is a friend's mom. I feel bad telling this, but I feel like I have to tell it. It's, it, I, it's, a, it's anonymous. It's a friend's mom. Um, uh, you know how you can go to, you know, in and out has the secret menu, you know, you can order the stuff, you know, you get things animal style or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So this, my friend's mom had, was going to in and out for the first time and she'd heard about this and she wanted to do it. So she walked up and she really lovely, really lovely Southern lady. And she, she just goes up to, she goes, and I'll have one order of fries doggy style, please. <laughs> <laughs> wow yeah. wow 
that's beautiful yeah um yeah moms are but yeah my parents aren't funny at all uh like that i i i think that the less funny your parents are the more funny that you have to be it's it, that's like my theory because there was no humor in my house mm. my parents didn't like comedy movies right I, even though we watched scary movie they, they were hoping it would get scary at some point but it never did um sure it's a misleading title. Uh, they they said, "Oh, the Wayne's because Requiem just came out." They go, "Oh, scary movie. Who knows? You it'll know, be like Requiem, but scary." Yes, it'll, yes. Be, it'll be a more a realistic scary haunted house movie. You know, right? Um, so uh, so there was like not a lot of humor in my house. So I think like the way I could rebel as a little kid was to be a little mischievous with my jokes. I see. Yes, that was your form of rebellion, of course. Of course. I, I, I did a little bit of that too. I mean, I remember getting in trouble in like fourth or fifth grade uh, for uh, throwing pebbles at the headmaster's window uh, while he was in a meeting. I thought it would be funny to <laughs> throw pebbles and run away. And I got caught. You got caught. Well, what's interesting to me is it is kind of funny. Were you with anyone or were you alone? Of course I was I was with the boys, of course. Of course. Interesting. Interesting. You were with You gotta boys. make your boys laugh. That's, you know? That's what it is. It's when you're surrounded by the them boys. Them boys, yes. That's when the humor that's when the humor is made. Exactly. When you're a little boy and you with them boys, that's when funny comes out. Thank you. Correct. Yes, absolutely. A hundred percent. And it is funny because I, he was, you know, in a meeting uh-huh. and he would hear a little pebble and then laughter and it was really annoying to him. And that's funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> right. Getting a reaction out of someone is actually as a, as a child, just getting a reaction is funny. It, of course, especially someone stuffy, especially someone who like shouldn't be, shouldn't, if they're like, Hey, Hey, stop that. Like, that's just funny. <laughs> Wait, my, the other thing that my friends and I would do in school is we would, a friend of ours, we had one friend named Sasha, who's good sport, and we just made it a relentless mission to make him laugh in class, to make him yeah, yeah. crack. And we would just stare at him and just stare at him nonstop and he and make him laugh like while he was speaking and stuff. It was bad. It was bad. But we yeah. would, yeah, anyway. What was, you said headmaster. You went to uh, um, a private Hogwarts? school? I went, I went to yeah. Hogwarts. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I went to a stupid, I went to a, why am I saying that? I went to an all boys school. <laughs> I went to a prep, a prep school. Yes. Where was that? In Washington, DC. Yes. Interesting. And were there, yes. uh, were there like, um, was it like a fancy school where like other, uh, it, was- it was a fancy school. Yes. My parents were uh, journalists in DC covering, my dad would write about political, he's, my dad is English. So He's no fucking way. Did you not know that? Yeah. I, I no, I didn't. I, I, I'm surprised I never told you that. Yeah, I was born there. My my parents were living over there. What is yeah. happening? I feel uncomfortable now because I, I thought I knew you. You you so you're actually a Brit. I'm a, a Brit, Brit among yeah. us. I'm a Brit among you. Yeah. Wow. I'm a red coat. <gasps> I don't like this. I'm still getting over the Revolutionary War. <laughs> I still feel uneasy about that shit, to be honest. No, yeah. Um, yeah, I yeah, the they were living in London, and then uh, my dad was stationed in D.C. for his work, and we stayed in D.C. Wow, this is so interesting. So, wait, how old were you when you moved over to Eight America? weeks. Oh, uh, psh, psh. a little baby. <laughs> a little baby. Yeah. 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 Wow. So, but 
Are, were you an American? Are you an American citizen or did you have to? Uh, I am. I am. You had to apply for that or does I, that? I, I believe I did have to apply for it way back when. Yeah. Interesting. And so your dad has an accent. He does. So does mine. Really? But, but Staten Island. <laughs> no, Brooklyn. My dad. Brooklyn, of course. He goes, Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> he loves to say that. That's great. Oh, oh my God! I should say I'm so sorry about uh, Prince Prince Philip. Philip. Yeah, thank you. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I'm so embarrassed. I, I would have brought it up earlier if I knew. Tough guy. You know. oh, what, you, yeah. what was your dad POV? What, what did he have anything to say about that? What, when Prince? I don't know. I he's my dad's pretty. You know, um, British in that way of like <laughs> not really. You don't really. There's not much discussion of these things of feelings and whatnot. Uh, um, okay. No, no. I I think I don't know. He didn't really have any feelings, you know. I think my mom, my mom more had feelings as the Amer. My mom is the American uh, Anglophile, and uh -huh. my mom really loves anything with the royal family. My mom's very she she really loves the royal weddings, you know, all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. The drama, the Meghan drama, was a lot. Of course, she must have watched the Oprah interview. It was a lot. It was a lot. My my parents see interesting. My parents don't know about the royal family, but have strong opinions about it. <laughs> that's a great combination that's 100 yeah. that's where my, like your dad is probably so informed he knows so much he goes oh, i'll keep my thoughts to myself my parents won't know shit and they'll, they'll be blurting off they'll be like i don't fuck with that you know and they'll, they'll really make sure to lean in i don't think my dad particularly fucks with it either to be honest with you i think he doesn't really give a shit it's my mom that cares more i get but. that i mean i can't imagine like um the purpose of uh, having a royal family in me. I like, like it's, it's, it's so weird now. It's, it's so a, weird. It's a waste of fucking money in some regards. Right. Or is it just like, is it, a, and it's kind of, of embarrassing to be honest. It's like, these are, a, these are the special people in our country. Like, what are we saying here? They're like, <laughs> yeah, the, kinda, the we, special people. I don't know. It's weird. I don't, it's, it's kind of nice that they're just like appointed and you know, like we, our, society they like kind of rot like the kardashians true like the royal family and they're like unchecked and there's no like they just can go do whatever they want and there's no cap on how much money they can make so it is kind of nice that it's like all right they'll always just be in this little silo it's true i think that it's i think that it's helpful for national identity for for some people in that way that they feel like all right well that's us and we don't have to worry about that and that's yeah you know there are people there's, and there's also there's never like oh I should work hard on like uh, doing squats so I can maybe become a, a ro in the royal family one day you know what I mean <laughs> or maybe if we had like, a royal there's family hope in America for that you know like in Britain they're like fuck it you know I'm not honestly I'm not Sebastian that's not a terrible strategy if you started doing squats <laughs> that's what Robbie's telling me Robbie's telling me I should go do squats and just say I, I'm on the uh, practice squad of the Giants that's what I should go around saying. <laughs> I that used is, to have that, that is something I have told them. <laughs> I, I used to have that debate with with friends in college about different sports that if you drop if you stopped everything you were doing and dropped uh -huh. and put all of your energy and time and money and connections and everything into a sport, could you play it professionally at some point in your life? If at if if at age like 20, someone yeah. who's like someone who's like pretty athletically gifted how far could they get if they were really, really, do you know and, what I'm saying? And how far could you, what do you are think? they picky what, about the sport? Yeah. We used sports? to have these debates. We used to have these debates. So 
sounds skull and bones wow, to me. I feel like uh, I'm in so, the skull yeah. and bones now. <laughs> Oosh. No, 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 this is just with my friends from high school. This is just, for, you know, just random. But yeah, this is very skull and bones. You're right. Um, yeah. I, I think that the, 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 I think we settled kicker in the NFL could be possible if you started as a teenager and you became yes. a kicker in the NFL late. Yeah, 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 yeah. In yeah, like your true. 40s or whatever, like an older kicker. You can be in your 40s because you're not getting a lot of it's. There's not a lot of contact, you know. That's what I'm saying. Interesting. I think that I do think that if I put all my energy in and I did steroids and I had a lot of money, I think I yeah. could be a professional lineman. There you go. I totally think that I that could have been. I was so bad. I played football in high school. I don't know if you played sports, but I was just there's no competitive bones in. My, I'm not competitive. I used to right. point me. I me and my friend Angelo used to be next to each other, and we used to point at the other linemen and we would yell fast food restaurants at them to confuse them. Right. I don't, and, I don't think I don't think you would have been able to make it to the NFL. No, I don't think so a, a, something changed in your core then. I remember we would go in the locker room and it was the only time that like you would see other high school boys crying. If we mm. lost the game, it was like the one appropriate moment to cry. And all these kids, would they'd throw their helmets and they start crying and stuff like that. And I just sit there and I pretend to cry like a sociopath <laughs> just to fit in with everyone. But I truly couldn't give a shit. I you didn't like, feel it. You just, yeah, no, fair enough. I was like, how many Wendy's are we eating after this? <laughs> You didn't use it as a window to cry from like other shit you had to suppress all week. I cried. There used to be a saying in my house: "The day's not over till Sebastian cries," because I was so you would cry. Emotions were flowing in and out of me. You know, it was it was a beautiful thing. Buddy, I was a crier too. I I respect that. I was a crier. Are you? Yeah, definitely. You still cry? I still cry. Yeah. Interesting. Here, do you allow yourself to think about a topic, and then cry about it, or do you have to look at something and then? Uh, like, like think about something real to you and cry about that topic, or do you have to like absorb media to cry about something underlying? More the first, more thinking about topics, and I, 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 I occasionally movies will get me still. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah. but not as often. It's more, yeah, more just, yeah, that's, in my that's head, you know. Very healthy, Will. Is it? Doesn't to, always to, feel healthy. No, but I think I actually think it's like very, uh, uh, like mature to uh, like be like oh i'm sad about this thing and i'm going to cry about this thing for me i'll like have to turn on quickly be like let me I'll load the beginning of up so, <laughs> so i have like a reason sometimes i remember there was a phase where i would like have to load something so i'd be i'm crying over this not over that over like maybe it, maybe this is what i should have been loud about i should have been loud about crying and we can we can talk about crying more you know <laughs> um um when what, did you play a sport in high school? Was there any I, like I, I played I played tennis in high school. Oh, I nice. could have guessed. I, I could I, you you have a tennis bod. Uh, thank you, you very much. You have a very much a tennis bod. Uh, mm -hmm. singles or doubles? Uh, doubles mainly actually, Through, I, th because that was the lowest rung. I was uh, I was I was the one who was put on the team effectively for enthusiasm. You know. Yes, 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 yes. Because I, I wanted to be on the team, but I wasn't very good. But I, 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 I can be a fun hang, you know, and I put in the, that's where the, maybe that's where the comedy comes in, Sebastian. You know, you're trying to make friends, you know, trying to be on the team. And uh, so I did get put on the squad, but like third seed doubles or whatever it was. Yeah. So, yeah. Tennis, I always have a lot of respect for people that play tennis because it's definitely individual numbers. Yeah, it's 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 an intense sport. I like I have not kept up with it. I, I wish I did, but it's really 
It's really intense. I, I'll tell you, I was on the wrestling team in sixth grade. Yes. Okay. If you can imagine a, <laughs> a prepubescent, tiny little shrimp of a thing, uh-huh. Uh-huh. me in a singlet, getting just washed, just washed every day. <laughs> Just flipped, thrown down, sweating, just awful times. But there was one match. I will say there was one match where it was an away game. This season was one of the most miserable times of my life. Like the wrestling team is just brutal because yeah. I, I was a tiny kid. But anyway, one match. Uh, it's an away ma- away game, and I'm going up against this like ripped little kid, like little jacked little kid. You know? Yeah. yeah. And. Traps already. He didn't even traps. Traps on deck. High voice, but he's got fucking like shoulder packs, you know. And he looks at me, and he we square up, and he looks at me, and he just goes, "I'm gonna crush you." (gasps) Right? No. Well, somebody the ref goes like the ref goes like this. (laughs) Take him down, pin him. You did? Boom! Wow. Oh my, this sounds like a this sounds like a, a, a Greek mythology right here. This was this, my, this was I think that yeah it was a formative moment in my life absolutely. And that you learned it's about action it's not about words. There you go. And then you're you go. I'm, I'm going to study words for a living though. <laughs> yep, and I'm never going to do wrestling ever again. Yeah, you retired. Wait, That's was that you to retire at? Was that your last match ever? I I have a vague memory of getting the shit kicked out of me several times after that, but I, so no, I don't think that was the end. But yeah. That that season for sure was the end. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can't imagine. Well, I was. Uh, well, I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm overweight. So. <laughs> I, okay, sure. If you say so. If I say so, you would never put that on me. You would if never- you say so, I'm not gonna. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but wrestling always scared me because of the uh, weight. Because uh, you would have to weigh yourself, and then you would have to be in a weight class. So yeah, I would end up being with like adults as a child. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that's not fun for anyone. Um, yeah, that's I, hard. Yeah. So you were a normal weight as a child. I'm going to presume, presume normal to small to troublingly small. You no, were... I was, no, I wasn't that small. No, I was, I was just like a skinny little kid, you know? Interesting. And would you, were you the type of kid that would be like, I need to eat. I need to eat. I need to eat to get big. No, I, I'm the kind of kid who hated, uh, getting my heart rate up or being outdoors too much. So no, so I was not you do wrestling. That's like the most, like- I had to do a sport and it was, and, and I will say I was a huge at the time, WWF fan. Oh, now okay. WWE, I was a fan. I was doing the wrestling moves on my sister as a child, you know, <laughs> risking extreme physical damage and pain. This is your younger sister. Cause you were doing fake wrestling moves on your younger sister. You said, I, I was, I was Real, really doing fake wrestling moves on my real sister. Yes. 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 And you said, correct. This, this will translate to a different sports known as wrestling and grappling. Known as wrestling boys who are bigger and stronger than me. Correct. Wow. I was, yeah, I was a big WWF fan as well. I was, I loved mm. The Rock. Loved The Rock. Absolutely. How could you not? I love The Rock, and but my parents did not like it. And I, I secretly bought my friend, Stephen Panarisi. We've spoken about him on the podcast before. Uh, he, stole a, he stole a girl right from underneath me when I was a kid. Oh. Uh, horrible. Um, I, he, went, he was going to a wrestling match, and I gave him money to buy me a people's elbow pad. And then I had to hide it in my drawer. It was, my first, it was like the first time I had weed. I, I mm. hid it in my underwear drawer underneath everything, and I would close the door and put it on my arm and like 
th- pretend to throw it off secretly so my parents didn't know I wasted my money on a people's album pad. Must have felt like such a badass doing that. So badass. But now my mom is obsessed. She loves Dwayne. She loves Dwayne Young the Rock. Rock Johnson. She oh, loves yeah. what's the show called? The uh, uh Young Rock, right? I haven't seen Rock. it. She every time I see her upstairs, she goes, she goes, Have you watched an episode yet? Have you watched an episode yet? I go, no. She goes, it's phenomenal. I love, I love The Rock. But as a kid, I was keeping his memorabilia, his merch secrets in drawers. Yeah, I had The Rock's uh, autobiography. I had Mick Foley's autobiography. The Rock says, Uh uh, Mick Foley's one was epic. That was by Mm. far. Yes, it was. The best. uh, Because he he had all the cactus, what was it? Cactus Jack, uh, which Cactus is Jack, uh, uh, Foley and McLovin. Mankind, and was what was it? McLovin. It was oh, McLovin. Was, was that it? what it called? Yeah, I think he put on like the hippie clothes and the and the like the circle glasses, right? Oh, I remember the hippie look, but now did super bad fully Jack McLovin from him? I mean, we'll never know. This is these okay. are facts. This is what the future. We just don't know facts. That's interesting. That's the, yeah. Well, well, Mick Foley was kind of a character actor himself, wasn't he? He did. He was doing characters. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. I, but I like The Rock because I never was a character. I don't like characters. I like being. I, I thought he like had a. You like big guys, tough alphas. I like tough alphas. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying, bro? I like, like you, yeah. I'm a tough alpha. Thank you. I make everyone come on here, and I make sure everyone calls me an alpha by the end of the episode. <laughs> I know. Sure, you are an alpha. Yeah. I am. <laughs> I am not. I, I I talk. I sound like I'm an alpha, but I'm literally the softest mashed potato you ever met. Yeah, but there's some alpha energy in that. There's some. There's some. You're you're you. When you're on stage, man, you're an alpha. Absolutely. If there even is such thing as an alpha, which I don't even know. I don't even. Know. I think to some degree, when I would talk to you back in the day, I thought you were an alpha. I would always look because you felt so. I, I, I there was a part of me that like envied how smart and thoughtful you were about things. I remember Sebastian. Uh, we would I remember one time we were talking about something after a class or something like that. And you just I asked you a question and you turned your head and you were silent for like 10 seconds. And then you gave me an answer <laughs> and it blew it my like, fucking how mind. did he do it? <laughs> it blew my mind that you didn't need to speak instantly. I remember huh. vividly remembering that I, I go, oh, you thought I'd rather answer you properly than just make you wait <laughs> then like just blurt something out i that's crazy i have no memory of that that's i mean i will tell you that i always envy your just confidence and unbelievable ability to just be effortlessly funny on stage you know like it's a true gift it's incredible well thank you well that's very uh, blush <laughs> i know i mean i mean it in that like that i feel like my my oh, my thing that I always worried about at UCB was, I don't know, I was just always in my head and like always sort of overthinking. It was harder for me to like just relax and and enjoy the shows and enjoy performing because I was sort of You didn't you don't you didn't enjoy performing really? I did, but I I would I would be anxious about it. I would like go through phase I would go through phases. I wasn't I wasn't always that way, but I would go through phases. Yeah. You come across on stage very calm. You come like very calm and collected, like 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 you think about the words and, you, and they feel purposeful. Well, that's good to hear because that's not always how it feels, for sure. Interesting. Inter- yeah. And I feel, wow, I, you don't. I never knew that you would get stressed about stuff, especially because like you got on Lloyd team and shit happened fast for you. 
uh, in that regards, which is beautiful. We all love that, right? And well, all deserved. You got JFL fast. From it was accident. a real whirlwind, like five months. It was a real sort of, yeah, wild yeah. period. Yeah, yeah. That probably was the most exciting time ever. In a way, but also genuinely terrifying because like- Why, what were you thinking? I mean, the imposter syndrome kicks in, you know, it's, 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 you're just sort of like going from doing shows with your friends to having these auditions, these big auditions and stuff. And you're all of a sudden like, really, this is it. This is what I'm doing. Yeah. You know? Um, but then you're like, yeah, this is all it is. It's just the kind of shit you've been doing with your friends. Just, you just, you know, make people laugh. That's what, what do you do? Did you have that for a while at SNL imposter syndrome? Oh, definitely. I mean, and I think it's still, it's still there, you know, it still comes and goes, I think in, in most people, hopefully, to some degree, maybe, not hopefully, but no, yeah, but <laughs> it, it, it like checks you a little bit. You're saying like, it, it yeah, I think that I think that um, it would be weird if I was like, yeah, no, I fully deserve everything. Like I, you know, yes, uh -huh. everything's easy. Whatever. Like you're gonna have moments where you're like, the whole thing about comedy, the whole thing about writing is that you haven't written it yet, so you don't know what the fuck you're gonna do, right? So like. Uh -huh. I don't know what the hell I'm going to write the next three episodes, but I hope that I'll come up with something and I just have faith that I will. But in, in those moments, it's pretty hard not to be like, Oh shit, I can't think of anything. That's a real problem. <laughs> like it it's really bad. A, it's a crazy job and it's very difficult. <laughs> it's psychologically draining in, in, a, in, a, in surprising ways. Cause you're, you're, you run out of ideas fast. Yeah. You know, I do do you have like ways like because you need to live life to get ideas in my opinion right, right? totally and, and that job feels like it sucks it takes a lot of your time and life away from you it, yes do you like make sure in those in your time off that you like go live a lot yeah i would like to say that i do um <laughs> i i don't know no uh, quite the opposite um yeah, yeah. no I, I i do think about that a lot actually because you're, you're right i you also just lose context because the job is so all-consuming, uh, and you're right. It's hard to have a social life outside of it. It's hard to do. You really have to be purposeful about, like, okay, I need to exercise. I need to meet with friends. I need to, you know, I, I you need to consciously keep those sides of your life up because you'll just burn out otherwise. Um, uh, yeah, I yeah, think there's I, something to be said about when I feel funniest is when I'm taking care of myself, and that job yes. does not feel conducive to taking care of yourself. Nothing. No. I, I mean, I know nothing about the job. Uh, I actually, I know some. Uh, I shouldn't say I know nothing. <laughs> I mean, not we have talked about it before. I would hope you yeah. know. I hope you've absorbed yeah. something from our conversations. I visited you at work. I have known I know you for a while. About the show. I don't give a fuck about your yeah. fucking job, anyway. <laughs> no, I, I just meant. Uh, uh. <laughs> you, you know, it's a sketch show once yeah, a week. I, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> it's a musical guest. Um, I do feel like it is. Uh, I, I, feel, I feel like for me, uh, it, it would like, I feel funniest when I'm taking care of myself and that job makes it very difficult to take care of yourself. So I it feel does. personally for me, uh, I, cause people ask me, Oh, would you want to do SNL? I go, yeah, I mean, of course, but I would be scared of ha if I could take care of myself while I'm doing it. And rightfully so it's, I, I will say that's like one of the hardest parts is adjusting to sort of the effects of that, that, you know, constant schedule, those sort of relentless, you, you know, we do, we do uh, shows in a row and then we get time off and the time off is great, but during the weeks, it's pretty relentless and you have to, you really do have to figure out ways to sort of, 
yeah, block out time and take care of yourself. Cause it will sneak up on you. Like if you've done like two or three shows in a row, you'll be like, Oh shit, I have not been eating well. I have not been drinking water. I have not been, you know what I mean? Like it just, it sneaks up on you. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So do you set like during those times, have you found yourself that you could find a schedule and be like, okay, I know that Wednesdays I'll have time to like go to the gym or like meditate or some shit like that. Yeah. I, I would, I try to do that. I try to make appointments to exercise and things like that because I, I, my, you know, I'm now in my sixth season there and it's been, it's taken me years to figure that out, to be like, cause my first couple of years, it's like, you just have jet lag all the time. You're just sort of confused. You know, it's hundred percent. Your sleep schedule is so irregular that it's hard to, it's hard to reach a sense of balance. So yeah, you have to, you have to exercise. Absolutely. Do you think I learned you that actually, the hard way. Do you think you actually have funnier ideas in like late at night or is it just like that you're trying to get the time cramp or like the time constraint? It, it depends on what kind of late at night you're having. Like it, okay. it for, for me, I'm, I have always worked under stress. I, I have always been the type of person who like writes the paper the night before or like yeah, I, yeah, I, cr yeah. I cram or whatever. So I, I can, I feel like I, I have built up a tolerance for that type of work schedule, uh -huh. but early on, especially when I didn't understand like what kind of things worked and didn't work at the show. Yeah. Frequently I would be up until, you know, very, very late and not in a good way. Like you pass, you, you pass an hour of like one or 2 AM. And at that point it's real diminishing returns after that point, you know, you're like, yes, I, you eventually you have to have a hard look in the mirror and be like, I'm not going to write something great tonight. <laughs> like it's, it's 2 AM and uh, shit. I'm, I don't have anything good. Uh, so though sometimes those nights are rough and you end up like writing things where you're like, I don't know if this makes any sense at all. Yeah. Um, but there are nights where you're like up really late and you're feeling especially loopy and goofy and you do write things that are, that are, uh, you know, weirder or yeah, goofier than you might think in a normal frame of mind. I will say that, that the, the 2016 election Tom Hanks episode, which was a lot of people like hold up as like a very good episode. Uh -huh. That was the fourth in a row of four shows so we were oh. all like totally wiped exhausted by that fourth week it was also the election season yeah, yeah and so but i think several of the writers feel that like when we're at our most exhausted and like out of ideas sometimes you know the silliest shit pops up sure was that when the um what his character was introduced uh the um what's that the, was david s pumpkins that yes, was uh yes, 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 yeah yes. that was that episode that was also um black jeopardy oh there, phenomenal it, it, there, there were a, a lot of hits in that episode yeah that's, that was a that's yeah. amazing that so i i have a question about something you said you said that you learned what works and what doesn't work at SNL what is something because I know people there's a lot of normal normal people that listen to this but some comedy people do what does work at SNL in your opinion because hmm. you said you kind of like had to go through that this is the Robbie do you see what just happened this is the shit that blew my mind what I asked him a question and he rather than just regurgitating an answer he went okay and he thought about it for a second this is beautiful Sebastian would have made up a story from his childhood in that 100 percent <laughs> Um, what does work? I, I think I, th this is gonna, 
this is not going to be a satisfying answer because there okay. is no satisfying answer. Like I, because frankly, it is kind of, no one knows. I, I mean, to some extent, like yeah. you, you would be shocked how many sketches you hear at a table read where you'll, you would be like, wait, that's hilarious. That's definitely going to work. And then sure. you see it at dress and it just eats shit and gets zero laughs. That yeah, happens yeah. all the time or mm -hmm. vice versa. You hear something and you're like, this is kind of, and eh, it's all right. And then you see it on its feet and you're like, okay, it is good. You know, um, that does happen. So, so I, I don't have a very good answer except for the fact that like, I think every cast member has moments on the show when they can just showcase what they do very well. Yeah. You know, and, and that's not a very satisfying answer, but like, if there's just some, I don't know. I, I don't even know how to explain it. I think about like Beck Bennett doing his uh, baby boss thing. I don't oh, know. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. I've seen that. that, that's awesome. that is to me that I think of that as like a, a great example of what SNL can do. It was just a funny performer doing a stupid thing in like a entertaining setting. You know, it's like, if you can, if you can master that silly art of like that, that, that works on SNL. I love this answer, Will, because you're speaking about a lot. I feel like it makes me, as a performer, it makes me feel great to, for a writer to speak about the performer, like, like, like showcasing well, that, them rather than showcasing your like uh, or clever writing, which is a lot of problems I dealt with dealing with sketch. Well, and me too. And that's, that has also been one of the harder lessons that I've learned over there is to, you are writing for performance. So like you can't, yes. it doesn't matter how funny it is on the page. If yeah. it doesn't work in performance, it's not going to work. And so definitely I learned that the hard way. I wrote plenty of things that I thought were really funny on the page and then uh -huh. would ew, just, you know, so slow or overwritten or whatever, like, you, you, learn, you learn a lot through hearing your stuff read out loud because it, it has a completely different rhythm in reality than you think it will in your head. I love that. I, that answer, I think, is actually a great answer, Will. I, yeah. I would say that's not a basic answer at all. That was such a thoughtful answer. Well, good. I'm glad. I, you know, another, the other thing that comes to mind is, for me, as the moments where I'm like, this is great, like this is uniquely good. Like you couldn't see this kind of thing somewhere else. Maya Rudolph hosted a few weeks ago and she was incredible. And she was of course like a a hero from my heyday of the show when I enjoyed watching it in high school. So and funny that when that sketch where she sings the national anthem. Oh, that was what God. I was just going to bring up. That was oh, what really? I was going to bring up. Oh, yeah, please, because, go ahead, go ahead. because that, um, th if I remember remembering correctly, it's just one shot. Mm -hmm. I think it's just, it's just one shot. And it's just her doing her thing. And, and that, that kind of thing is the kind of thing you would see at UCB. Yes. You know what I mean? Like you would see yeah. someone do a bit like that live because it's easy. It's just one person and a microphone mm -hmm. and a track. And you could oh. do that anywhere. And, but there's something so sort of organic and great about it. It works so well because it's just her doing what she does. Yeah, and on paper that sketch sucks. It's not right. It's not the, a, a funny the, sketch the, on paper. The, the script is basically just the words of the national anthem, yes. with like <laughs> with 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 a couple like bazoo or like random little sounds in there. But yeah, mostly yeah. that's just her. You can tell when you're watching that that's coming from her. Oh, well, well, this answer literally. I think people need to hear this. That are writers. You know, I, I do think when, when people say like, oh, the golden age of SNL, whenever anyone remembers like a golden age of SNL, they do remember like, you, like their high school, distinct, 
performances from people like people just doing them in a funny way they're not remembering and they remember the people from their high school supposedly that's what everyone says is everyone talks about how it was good when they were in high school and then bad after that so interesting i i liked uh the like adam sandler chris farley yeah i grew up with those like best of dvds yeah so i would watch those over and over again those best ofs they i mean chris farley is the reason why i think i got into comedy (laughs) he's Um, so funny but he just does him that's what i always say to sebastian too it's like age there you go he's another great example yeah i mean i mean uh foley the motivational speaker that was a i believe second city bit with bob Bob odenkirk but again like that's just a pure character piece right like that's just a I know. really good live comedy piece sometimes i get insecure about my uh my writing because it's not um as articulate as other people's but i this is like something i needed to hear a little bit like that my joy isn't going to come from how smart and clever my words are no and 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 by the way by the way no by the way no one's is to some extent like yeah, yes, yeah. That, that that doesn't really get you that much i mean yeah, like people respond to you when you perform. It's it's very obvious, and like, you know, that's from you doing your thing. Yeah. So 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 sometimes at SNL, it can take people a while to figure out what their thing is. You know, like that's that's a lot easier said than done. But interesting. And you do you think that you found have found your thing now? No, no, I don't. And I also <laughs> do, I I don't I don't I, I'm I'm more mean as a performer. Like I, oh, okay. I guess I'm yes, thinking yes. like. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think Bowen Yang is having an incredible season, and he's 100%. doing. He he's like, you know, you know who he is. Like when when you're watching him perform, actually, it's one of the best lessons that I learned at, at UCB uh-huh. was from Michael Delaney. I took a class with him, uh-huh. and he said something to the effect of, um, uh, "When you walk on stage, we already know who you are." interesting yeah 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 he said when you walk on stage you're already communicating a lot to us mm-hmm. without even meaning to and you don't have to do anything on top of that like anything you do on top of that is going to be obvious to the audience like you you have to just bring yourself up there and that's enough I, there i i love this other quote that's very similar that's like you either for an audience to love you and i think audiences need to love the people that they laugh at you know i think inherently you love comedy people people leave shows they go oh i love this guy i like this guy they don't leave oh they were so funny always you know Mm -hmm. if you were really funny they speak to how much they like you Uh, but there's this quote it's like um you either have to show the audience who uh what you love or who you are in order to be a great comedian. And I think that's like similar to what Delaney, like you need to show a part of yourself. And I think there are like some like, uh, you're like, well, what about comedians that like speak to all their nerdum or their, all the like references that they love? That's showing you who they are. Exactly. That's what they love. Exactly. Um, totally. And and it's uh, I remember hearing a quote from Patton Oswalt saying something similar uh-huh. about how his comedy, he felt that he, his career sort of go up a notch when he started make making his comedy about what he loved rather than what he hated or or like about the the things that brought him joy as opposed to like things being stupid yeah because it's harder it's actually more vulnerable to speak about what you love rather than criticize stuff yeah but it's also fun for the audience when like when they get on board with you they just want to feel that because that's what you do with your friends you talk about what you love exactly oh will 
Well, this was so beautiful. I can't. Oh, we had fun, but then we had to talk a little serious comedy at the end. I, you know, it wouldn't. I feel like every car. I, I, it's hard for me to have a conversation without it devolving into some sort of. <laughs> of course, you know. Of course. Well, this was so beautiful. Is there anything that you like to plug? No. Well, SNL. <laughs> SNL. Saturday Night Live. Saturday Night Live. Saturdays. Yeah, we've got three shows left. Beautiful. Uh, um, Robbie, is there anything that you like to plug? No, just loud about nothing. Keep yes. listening. We do episodes Tuesdays and Fridays. We just did the 420 episode. <laughs> Go listen That's good. To that. Plug and, old episodes, Robbie. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> That's it. Beautiful. All right, hotties. Thank you so much for listening. We love you guys. Keep rating, review five stars. All right, Robbie, hit the fucking music. <laughs>